Look at the Boga Honey Podcast. That's why I, I tried not to have cams on my bow. I don't have to deal with slippage or anything Shut like up. that. You just put a new string on there, you're fine. What is Boga? But seriously, that's the dumbest thing ever. It, it go, I am all about Just strap it to your pack. Really appreciate the fact that you're from Michigan and not Georgia. You don't want to be the next Mark Kenyon. No. I'm a shit show. <laughs> that's, that spot's taken. You can see how pathetic Jared's face is right now. <laughs> because that's how it looked. It was just like, is this good enough? Before we begin today's episode, we're going to quick thank some of the companies that helped make this show possible. Not sure if you guys have heard, but HuntWise has come out with what it calls HuntCast 2.0. Recently, they partnered with Jeff Sturgis, who has decades worth of data, and they've taken that data to compile a prediction as to when you should be out in the woods. So they, they rank it on a scale of 0 to 100%, or the way we prefer it is deer. So when it's a five-deer day, you better be in the woods. So check it out, become an elite member, and learn how to maximize your time in the field, because really, you can't put a price on a good hunt. Tree saddles. We've all heard of them, and we love using them. Why? They're lightweight, they're easy to use, and if you use the right company, you can have everything you ever need for saddle hunting. In walks, trophy line. <laughs> trophy line. <laughs> Just came out with a platform this year called the Mission Platform, and they came out with sticks to go with it. So why else would you want to use another company? Go to trophyline.com, use the promo code BOGA, Hunting TL20. <laughs> Worst code ever. <laughs> <laughs> Longest code ever. But do it because you get a good discount. You get 20% and it's good off. stuff. Trophyline.com. A lot of people ask us why we partnered with First Light. And it's because they have amazing systems, and the base of all those systems is around merino wool. Merino wool is great because it keeps you warm when it's cold out and cold when it's warm out because it pulls moisture away from your body. And best of all, it doesn't stink. No so stink. So if you're looking for a, a great new system, can't recommend them highly enough, firstlight.com. We all know that Vortex is the leader in optics, so we can't say enough good things about them. We love them. We use them in the field every time we're out there. But what most people don't know is their clothing line is just as good. There's a brand new fall line that's just come out. We've got a couple of pieces from that line, and they are freaking awesome. So if you want to save 20% on your next purchase, head over there and use the promo code BOGA20 at checkout for 20% off. Jared, how much do you weigh? Probably two, I'm pushing 200. Well, I got good news for you, pal. If you drop in the woods, throw my Seek Outside pack on, throw you in the meat hauler, I'm dragging you out full one trip. The Seek Outside short tail. The pack that we decided to run this year at Boga Hunting works in a tree stand, hauls a lot of weight, cinches down or expands based on what you need, and it's great for hiking too. If you want to save 5% off in your next purchase, use the promo code BOGA. What's the best beach day? What's the best best beach day, did you say? Yup. I don't know. I, I have nothing. I don't know. I don't know what to do say about that. Sunday. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> uh two more what did the plate say to the cup wait 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 what did the plate say to the cup yep i don't know looks like dinner's on me ah nice <laughs> <laughs> um uh what am i an emu and smiley face 
dude. That doesn't make a lick of sense. <laughs> An emuji. There we go. Oh. <laughs> Are you serious? Wow. There we go. <laughs> that was awful. Really just horrible. <laughs> That's the good old Laffy Taffy joke for you. And Laffy. now a banana Laffy Taffy. <clears throat> the best flavor. Nothing better than artificial banana. Mm. Yeah, that that's the worst flavor. It tastes like it tastes nothing. It's nothing like real banana. I'm like, not wait, saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's. If I went to your work, Jared, and I drank out of a vat of whatever those chemicals are, it seems to me it would taste like banana flavor. Mm. Banana laffy taffies, banana runts, banana saltwater taffy. Send them my way. Oh, you're right. I'm remember just, that. I'm a more of just a straight up banana. I'm an old school banana guy, you know? Give me that real thing. Like, like stuff with peels? Yeah. Get, get out of here. What are, you, what are we, monkeys? About, peels for animals. banana chips? I bet, I bet you'd be down with banana chips, James. Oh, I've made it my fair. You know, I've got a great banana chip, chip recipe. When I camp, that's like a staple for my family for eating. You soak them in lemons. Lemon. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it keeps them a little bit. Uh, it's, it's what you want. All right, boys, we got to get jumping into things here. This is a special episode because we're all together, but we're not together. And we all are recapping something that we've never recapped on the Boga Hunting podcast before. G- the gun opener weekend. This almost flies. This is the most off-brand. This couldn't be more off-brand. <laughs> Did we all just go rifle hunting? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did that happen? It's. I like to think of uh, a rifle as just a bow. A stringless bow with a trigger. Really? Gunpowder. That's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I figure, though, I mean, we, we all kind of had very interesting weekends of bow hunting and gun hunting. And um, I thought it was time we did a little podcast and sharing a little story about how it went. What do you guys think? Love it. Okay. Well, Mark, do you want to start? I mean, you were the most successful I think we should end with me. I want to hear what you guys did this end weekend. End with you. End on a high note. That's smart. Mm, fair play. Yep, fair play. So, okay. Yeah, we can do that. Jared and I went north, as any good Michigander does for opening gun weekend. You head north. Have you ever heard someone say, I'm going south to go deer hunting? It doesn't in sound Michigan? right. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Not in Michigan. So we uh, we headed north, um, and we did a couple days of bow hunting before the, the gun opener. So what day did we get there? We got there fr- Friday afternoon. Friday at like three. You want to start us off, Jared? All right. Day one, we got to a public land spot that we had been looking at, I guess, for the past couple weeks. And we knew we wanted to get at it. And I thought we were actually getting out there pretty early. But apparently some guy had beat us to the punch at getting out there early. It was like, we got there at like what, two? You just said three. three? I just said three. I'm just no, saying, not oh, I'm saying I when we actually got out there, I think we got out into the woods at like three, but we were like we pulled up and it was before three o'clock. Okay, that, yeah. you know what? that's fair. Yeah, I'll yeah. take that. So then, yeah, we just started um, just kind of still hunting into our our pin locations, and we I mean we were finding good sign, so it was in, it was encouraging, but just not not fresh enough to actually set up on. That was a good. That was a big thing. Like we found sign in that area, but it wasn't like you said. It was the fresh. The freshness was not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was a couple weeks to a month old, but we knew there there were definitely bucks in there. What kind of terrain then, is this? I saw a few videos that you guys uh, posted. Is this the open like 
hay yeah. marsh type area or is this the wood lot type stuff this is um so we it's basically a a lot of like field it's like crp fields with a that's yeah that are cut down the center yeah exactly with by like a, a creek like a if you even want to call it a creek a, a cheap excuse for a creek i think it was mm-hmm. headwater in it yeah drainage no, it kind of deal yeah it was a drain yep and um and so what we started we so we're like we're gonna follow this creek in and then kind of head off to the northwest i believe and so mm-hmm. our thought was well on the way in Often we'll see, you know, deer bedding around the, the, in these grassy areas. You know, I've I've had some encounters that way, even with bucks and does, like, bedded together along these creeks. And the wind was in our favor. It was moving a little bit. So we're like, hey, let's, you know, Jared went to the south of the creek. I was the north of the creek. And we just kind of walked up it on both sides, just slowly. We figure on our way in, we hunt our way in. Um, you know, at this time of year, it's like anything can happen. It's still pretty ruddy out. Um, who knows? And so we, we did that, and uh, I, I through a series of hand signals, you know, eye contact, we, like, stayed in pretty parallel, but we didn't we didn't kick anything up. So one thing you forgot to mention, Jared, is the guy that was parked ahead of us, we, we knew, we had a feeling he was more of the real deal than, like, you know, your, your weekend warrior-type hunter because, for a couple of reasons. First of all, that he was there earlier than us, which is, you know, not usually what we find. Secondly, um his uh, bumper stickers gave him away. He had a, uh, the hunting public bumper sticker on there mm-hmm. and, uh, and a tethered. So we were like, man, this boy is out there. He's going hard and deep. Like he's, he's probably following their methodology for where to pick spots, which is very mm-hmm. similar to the way we do it. And sure enough, I mean, 45 minutes later, or maybe an hour later, by the time we got out to where we were headed, we were going really slow and kind of scouting as we went in. Sure enough, we we come up and we see the back of him in his saddle facing the other way. Uh, so we're like, oh crap! You know, we saw him. We were a ways out. You know, probably 70, 80 yards. So we backed out. Yep. Uh, funny enough, actually, when we did get back to the the car, Jared wrote him a little a note like, hey, you know, we saw you out there. You decided to leave you alone. Yeah, here, here, this is who we are. Good luck out there, or whatever. So the guy actually wrote us a note. It was a it was a cool thing. But it was it was just highlights something that we like to do um, when we're headed. Like, we hadn't really hunted this area for deer. We had turkey hunted a little bit out there. But it was like, hey, it's first day. Let's, you know, rather than just go sit in a random spot and hope, let's let's go walk around, find the freshest sign, and then set up, um, which is kind of the approach we took there. Did I miss anything there, Jared? No. I mean, no, you kind of nailed that pretty well. You, you did say I missed the part that we walked up on the guy. Didn't miss it. You interrupted me. Oh, sorry. That's my bad. <laughs> Continue. Did I did I did I miss anything? No, you you did well. All Good. right, I'll give you. Good. Give it to you. So, um, that was day one. We uh, by the time we get, we actually we went and checked out a few other spots, and by the time we got back to the car, it was dark. So we spent a few hours walking around. I think we put four, about four miles on there. Jared put some scatter steps mm-hmm. into the day. Had it back, you know, pretty beat. Like we went to bed fairly early trying to get ready for saturday because we we went hard um when we were scouting around you got your crap on your back and you're um you're trying to be sneaky and everything else and you're cold it just it wears you out so saturday we wake up didn't we wake up a little late or was that no we didn't wake up late that was that was sunday (laughs) you hate to see that not late late like we were trying to get out super early and we only got out early you know what i mean yeah uh so saturday actually jared you do saturday uh, yeah, so Saturday was 
pretty much a shot in the dark since our first little area was kind of determined that there wasn't any deer in the area and we'd seen a couple tree stands and then we ran into that guy so we knew that the place had been pressured so we decided so you guys to go went to a whole new spot mm-hmm. yeah gotcha so well yep. not entirely new it was we accessed it from a different place but it was really almost like kitty corner from where we were the night before it was an area that jared had scouted for a while and like really liked a few things so we were checking out his pins yes we finally we're going into this place dark and we I, you know, I split the area into two spots, one for me, one for James. So he went to his, I went to mine. We actually brought my cousin along too. (laughs) (laughs) And dropped him off on the way. We set him at just like the point of a swamp. He was the only one who had solid deer and actually had a shot at one. Yeah. You hate, you hate that. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool. Uh, you know, you, you picked out good areas, like uh, these really good transitions with swamps. I mean, we were kind of poking out into them. You were on the, the base. We actually, we both were on really so if you think of a, the, what a thumb looks like poking out into a swamp, we were at the entrance hoping to get deer coming into bed, bed in there. Really interesting spots. Didn't see a lot of people sign. Just no deer made it back there. So, you know, who knows what was going on. But, again, I still really, at some point in the year, those are good spots. We saw a lot of sign. Yeah, but it goes without saying, too, when, when we first pulled up to the area, all of a sudden we see two of these trucks just come out of the woods, like oh, out of nowhere. Right. Just come screaming out. We're like, what? And where the heck did they just come from? And I'm like, there's no real trails back there that they can just come from a, like a, the road and, and drive into us. We're like on the one way two track that goes in. Right. So after we got back from the hunt that morning, I was like, let's go check out where those guys came from. So we drove down the two track farther and there was a little clearing kind of down at the like a bottom of a ridge. And we actually found their campfire where they, they apparently must have been camping yep. either for a few nights or that night. And I mean, the coals were still warm and there's macaroni noodles on the ground. It's like, okay. <laughs> that, that might be why. That, that probably <laughs> explains why we haven't seen any deer. So I'm guessing either of these guys have hunted the area pretty well in the past couple of days or they just spooked everything out. Yeah. It was weird though. Like who, who goes out, packs all their stuff up in the dark you know, puts out their fire. It was like, it was almost like, did they just go out, make a fire, hang out for a while, and then go? They, they, they mucked everything up. Yeah. So now we're on to our third spot. Uh, we go back to camp, drop off uh, James's cousin, and we start heading out to the third section of pins that I had. This is where, I mean, we're getting, we're getting serious. We busted out the leafy tops, oh, yeah. full face, full face paint. There was still, it was pretty gusty, so we knew we'd be able to, like, kind of still hunt our way to these pins. And the first pin we start going to, again, another thumb going out into a swamp. James and I decided to split up. One would take the left side, one would take the right side. Uh, James goes off on the right side. I'm going on the left. Wind in our face. Creeping. Wind in our face. You know, it's, it's perfect little stalking. And I get up to this deadfall just before the finger extends into the swamp yeah yep and i kick out pretty mature buck out of that deadfall and he takes off and he i mean he was positioned in the perfect spot he had yeah explain the bed because this is something like it was like textbook bedding yeah yep it's so he's cooped up in deadfall where he can see everything around him practically but to his back he has a swamp 
that has the wind blowing across it. So he's able to smell anything coming up behind him. He's able to see anything coming on the ridge uh, in front of him, which where James came from. He either heard me or he saw James walking up. Yeah. And everything is positioned in a way that once the wind stops and the thermals start falling, he can smell everything that's around him. Yeah. Because it, it was just a, a ridge going down and all ridges on all sides. So he was just set up in a perfect spot. Yeah. What I thought was interesting about this, two things. First of all, his exit when he ran away was like back out the back corner, his back left if he's facing up the, the ridge, right? And it was through, you know, it's basically cattails um, that he kind of slinked out and he went, we we both believe he went to the, the next finger over. He take took that over there, did the same thing and, and hung out there because we're looking and it's like there's really nowhere else for him to go. Um, so that was thing number one. The other thing I thought was really interesting was proximity toward the uh, to the parking lot. Yeah. Like, so we, this is a spot we call hunting behind the, uh, the graveyard. Uh, it's the, you gotta hunt the graveyard. It's the, uh, cemetery. It's, it's right behind a, a spot where people park and they walk into the woods, but it's a cemetery and he can, Jared, I bet if, if a car drives in there in the morning and he's bedded down already, you can see the lights. He's looking right up that, right up that ridge on, on like a walking trail. Yeah. And it's, it's made me, I've been thinking about this a lot cause I think, I mean, you assume, and probably in in many cases, rightfully so, that bucks will go deep, you know, deep, because people don't go there and and everything else, they have good hiding. That's probably true. But I think what is also equally true is a buck is just going to go where he can can monitor. He can, like, surveil and then have an easy getaway. So if it's close, but no one one hunts right there, people go past him. (laughs) And so he probably either hunkers down or he sneaks out the back. Uh, But... Like that, that just, that, that has, that's a learning experience, I think, for me. Yeah, it was really, really cool to see and start analyzing, wow, he is, he's in a textbook spot that, you know, you you always talk about, and you finally get to see, it's like, yes, this is, this is cool. It's cool to see. Would have been cooler to see him stand up once you were up in the tree, but. Well, so. (laughs) Cool to see. This was, this was a debate we had, right? So we kick him up, and we're like, do we go? Do we keep moving or do we stay? Um, you know, there's that like famous bump and dump strategy where you bump a deer and then you just set up either that day or the next day or whatever. And so the next day was the opener. And so we just were like, well, we want to keep finding, you know, spots. We're going to hunt somewhere else tonight. We want to find spots where, uh, you know, maybe we can go gun hunting and we just want to move on. And, and sure enough, the next day, I mean, he came right back there. My dad was hunting there. My dad's deaf in one ear. And he can't hear great out of his other ear. He's like this, and it was windy. Well, the next day, and we'll get into this. The the weather did not was not conducive to hearing things sneak sneak around in the woods uh, on opening day. And so, the de- that buck walked right up behind him. He's like, I turned around, and there was this massive buck just standing right there. So, um, needless to say, I'm going back with a rifle, not this weekend, but next weekend, and I'm I'm debating just sitting right there. So, what did we do that night? Where did we go? Uh, that night we we met up with your brother-in-law. Oh yeah. And uh, this would be I don't know probably a half mile west of where we saw that buck. Started going out to some other pins that in the area that you know James and I have kind of grown up hunting a little bit, so we knew the area, and we just wanted to hug in real tight in there. Again, seen lots of good sign. 
Um, we actually set up an old Aspen clear cut that was kind of overgrown, a little bit more mature than what we are used to. Yeah. And we just decided to hunt the ground and didn't see anything. So weird. Weird. Limited but... on our possibilities to well, hunt on the opener. It was weird, but dude, that clear cut. So this, just funny, uh, when I was, I don't know, 11. Uh, this was a fully mature oak forest, right? I mean, I would go out there. It was right at the, it was pro, it was state land that bumped up to my great grandpa's land. And so it was woods that really was hard to access if you're coming anywhere from anywhere, but the private land that we were on. So it almost felt like an extension of his land when I was a kid. But I remember growing up one day, I'm walking out there and I, I'm hearing all these machines, right? And at that time, I didn't really grab, I didn't understand the concept between, I mean, there just wasn't podcasts and social media and everything talking about public land, private land, and, and all these things. And so I walk out, and there are just people going to town on trees out there. And I mean, I full on crying, ran back, like upset. Like, what they are, they are not supposed to be here. <laughs> They're cutting down our woods. Um, and so it turns out, you know, they were logging it like they do. And, and actually, it's it's good for wildlife and, and so on. But they, they logged it, you know, probably over 10, 10 uh, probably 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. About 20 years ago. Um, and so what, you know, Jared and I over the years had hunted this clear cut until probably 10 years ago where we kind of went other places. Um, but it was cool to come back and see what this place looked like. It was, you know, it starts off with these little sap, sapling trees, you know, two inches thick maybe and now it's like it's still super thick in there like it's it's really hard to find funnels or any pl- pinch points or anything like that but deer are moving through there like crazy because there's it's really hard to hunt um no one really goes back there and you know i'm sitting out there and i find a spot on the ground i sit down i'm you know as kind of the sun goes down it hits like right next to me i'm sitting right next to a buck bed like it's a clear you know <laughs> buck bed it's got rubs all around it thrashed and stuff um and so we saw a lot of sign. Like I, I, Jared, I'd like to go back and check that area out again in the yeah. future and just hunt it differently. That's day two. We came in, didn't see anything. Not not, which which is crazy. Usually we see stuff, but those two first days we didn't see anything. I think it's time for a break. Yeah, we were, we were getting long winded. Yep, it's time for a break. We're gonna thank a couple of our uh, couple more sponsors. Who doesn't love smoked meat? Jared? Communist. That's who doesn't <laughs> like smoked meat. If you're not a communist, check out Gorilla Grills. So whenever you go out to the field and you procure your own game, mm-hmm. you can bring it back and press your wife, your husband, your kids, your, your friends, fran- friends, your family, anybody with your smoked meat. Check out GorillaGrills.com for all your smoking needs. Everybody knows that arrows are the lifeblood of the hunting industry. If you're a bow hunter, your worth is measured in the amount and the quality of arrows that you have. If you have good arrows, and a lot of them, you are arrow rich. And everybody wants to be arrow rich. Everyone wants to be arrow rich. In one way of doing that, using vector arrows. Why? They are the best. They are tough. You can go to their website, enter all your bow specs in, and they'll spit out the exact arrows that you need. Check them out, vectorcustomshop.com. And be arrow rich. If you're looking for quality, handmade traditional archery equipment look no further than bivouac bow co jim and georgia actually we had them on the podcast episode 93 check it out hand make bows they have years of experience their machining is precise and their products are beautiful check them out at bivouacbowco.com 
And finally, I want to introduce a new sponsor of the show. Wild Pursuit Wellness makes premium CBD products. It's all natural, broad spectrum CBD, meaning that there is less than 0.0% THC. It only has two ingredients, CBD and MCT coconut oil. It can be ingested or used topically on the skin to help with muscle soreness or joints. We we use it a lot after long hikes or, or sits out in the woods. It's grown and extracted right in the Rocky Mountains, and it's shipped directly to you anywhere in the United States. It's great CBD at an extremely low price, and it can be even lower if you use promo code BOGA for 20% off at checkout. Check them out, wildpursuitwellness.com. Yeah, so day three was really a shot in the door. <laughs> yeah, day three, like, crap, what do we do? We just did what any rational person would do. You know, we hear, you know, 30, 40 mile an hour winds, rain. So we're like, yeah, you know what? This is the time to get the kayaks out because, you know, if we're already getting wet, might as well take the water in. And so we mm-hmm. uh, we load up, me, Jared, and my brother-in-law load up kayaks. You guys got the good ones, and I got this little one, <laughs> the short, the stubby like one. Like I said, man, first come, first served with kayaks. Yeah. So and also, I'm pretty sure I dragged all three out, but need, needless to say, we get out there, and it's um, we decide to take the cove of a lake that kind of meets up with public land in, and we decide to hunt along the swamp that's really – Again, hard for people to get to unless they walk a long ways or they boat in, and no one else boats in. So we walk in. We drop my brother-in-law off first. He's um, probably the least – he definitely is the least experienced. And so we just get him set up, give him his area, tell him where to look, get his rifle all going and everything. Um, Jared kind of finds another point, similar thing, into a swamp, and I go further into another spot. Um, and so at that point, was it? I don't think it was really raining – that much no it was it was like 42 yeah. calm maybe a, maybe a little like misty drizzle but nothing crazy it's spitting on you and uh see so <laughs> get up and i'm like well i'm, I'm packing my raincoat it's not really raining that hard you know i got the uncle coat which is kind of rainproof on i'm like yeah i'll be fine well soon very soon after i get up in this tree which i'm only two sticks up i went shallow like i was i was not high but i could see over this this entire swamp it starts raining, man. And it rains for a while. It rained harder than it's ever rained when I've deer hunted, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, just pouring rain. I'm like, I'm covering my rifle. My bag is pooling. You know, I've got it set up yep. on a limb and it's just, I'm soaking wet. Um, yeah. And, and so we're, we're sitting there for a while and I, f- I think we didn't see anything. I first saw a buck. I'm sitting there and I look over to my left where the deer were not supposed to be coming from. Um, and he's kind of skirting along the swamp and this little forky buck or no spike just pops out. He's all like, he's like bright white. Cause he's soaking wet and kind of shiny. <laughs> he's got some funky antlers, like one sticking forward, one sticking up. He's all awkward. And you know, he's kind of, and he's, I think he either picked me out. Or he's just looking, looking in my direction. He moves off. Obviously didn't shoot him. Um, and then a little while later I had a few does pop in behind me. Um, and they popped right downwind, and they definitely, I'm pretty sure they, they sent in me, and they actually, I think they ran to you, right, Jared, those, those three? Yeah, they, they ran by me just full tilt. We're just doing like a figure eight, and then they ran out of view. So they were they were all over the place. Those, those are the only deer I saw. You hate to see it. And you do hate to see it. I actually saw a little more orange closer to my position that I would have 
like to see. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's the other thing. Michigan opening day. I mean, even with rain, sometimes if it's like nice weather, dude, it's like you see your cover, your orange everywhere. I had, I think I had three guys near me that were in. I had one guy directly across across the swamp facing the other way. Had no idea I was there. And I had a guy walk in on me when I was already set up. So I gave him the old light flash and he turned around. And then on the way to see you, Jared, I found those two dudes that were just sitting out. Were they into deadfall or something? I couldn't figure out what they were. Yeah, they were. They would have no idea that I was there anyway, so it's, I get it. It it was weird. It almost seemed like those guys like ran out of spots and they just sat in the middle of like a place that really has no reason to sit there. It just seems like they sat oh, down. You need to get out a little bit earlier there, fellas. You do. Oh, but, you know, in their defense, opening day, you can really be sitting anywhere in the woods. And the deer are <laughs> running the around. There's a good – it's the Wild West out there. It is the Wild West. But you know what? It is a gentleman's game. It's so. a gentleman's game. And so I respected the fact that they respected my flashing. Um, yep. So anyways, I get out. Go get Jared. Uh, We scout on the way back, and we found – what I will refer to as Goliath's bedroom mm-hmm. where that big boy is, dude, we found a spot where every other tree was rubbed raw. There's a joke. In there Fairly somewhere, correct. Within like, within like the last week. Yep. Yep. Beds rubbed. Um, that one's marked in the old mental map and in the old Huntwise app map. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we found that spot. We went and picked up my brother-in-law, got in the boat and that's when things turned a little dicey. Yeah, I was paddling in that wind. Well, that was what? the thing. On well. the way, on the way in, the wind was at our backs. It was like pretty nice. It was a nice little paddle in. It went quick. On yep. the way back, I'm going. Bet. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm paddling. I'm paddling hard, and we're like, "Hey, let's stop at this little point. It like it's another point. It's a swamp where it goes out into the lake. Let's stop there." So we stop. But as we're getting ready to stop, I got this little kayak, and just my bag starts to slip. Uh, and background of this is I had no great place to put my rifle. So I had it strapped in. So it looked like I was a gunship. Like I had a, the rifle pointing directly out the front of the gu- the boat. You know, I was on unloading mm-hmm. or anything, but it's like, I just have nowhere else to hold this. Everything's wet at that point. And so I throw my backpack on top of it. Um, and Jared's like, Hey man, you got to set it up this way. So he like repositions it. I'm like, okay, you know, so we go and, uh, I'm getting ready to park in this, this little spot and suddenly my bag just slowly starts to slip to the right i'm like oh crap i'm trying to grab Mm -hmm. it without my rifle falling in because it's pulling the rifle with it i've got my paddle i've got you know all my crap on and i grab it but it goes all the way in i mean it goes on the whole thing goes underwater right submerged (laughs) and when it does that there was a few of my zippers weren't all the way zipped i mean it's a waterproof bag but not when it's open and water gets inside, and that thing weighed, that weighed so much. I, and I'm on the boat trying to like pick it up, but I can't get any leverage. And it's going down, so I'm like, guys, and I'm getting blown backwards. And I'm like slowly just going into the like, you know, where the swamp comes out into the lake where there's no man's land. It's like sticks. I'm like, dang it, I'm gonna have to get out. And so I, I, I grab it, and like you with your muck boots come and like start to pull me a little bit. But dude, that thing got soaking wet, full of water. And on the way back, I mean, that was bad, but on the way the way back was from that spot was way worse. The bag was heavy. 
the wind was blowing and I had a couple times where I'm like, this is going to take me out. Like this is flip it, going to roll me into the water. And I got all my camel on, like this could turn into a, a real dicey situation where I lose my rifle, my backpack and, you know, like drowned. It could just be a bad situation. So, uh, but thankfully we, we paddled through and the whole time it was, it was dicey. It was cold, but we made it back mm-hmm. in one piece tired typical typical boga kayak trip basically oh dude we've never had a good kayak trip. well it def- depends on your definition of good because if you just want a good story out of it they've all been great type two fun right mark you got it right so i mean that's the tale of our hunt uh a lot of disappointments in terms of like we weren't successful but i learned a lot had actually a blast i i had a blast hunting in the rain and in the wind like totally different way to see the woods Cool. So Sunday you hunted the morning and then you bounced out midday. Yep. And then did you not hunt the evening? I didn't hunt the evening. Nope. Went back and then hunted my house the next morning. And actually that next morning I went and saw that, that buck that I've been seeing uh, again, Mark. Uh, yeah. He's cruising around. And I send you the trail cam video of the neighbor that the neighbor got of him. Uh-uh. I'll send it to you after this. That yeah, some neighbor knows Joe Griffin. And Joe sends yep. it to me. He's like, hey, this is right up the street. I'm like, holy crap. This is the buck I had drew on at 20 yards with his vitals behind a tree. And then, yes, two days ago, he was too far. I mean, he was too far out. So, anyways, he's out there. And I'm I, I'm so desperate, though, at this point. I picked up uh, Tink's 69, which, you know, is, is the go-to. <laughs> but not not only did I pick up Tink's 69, but it's the, the disc form. They're like these little discs with a rope in it. I'm going all out, so we'll see what happens with that. That's for we, another podcast. You weren't 10 miles down the road going to Wisconsin last year, and you were whipping that stuff out. Hey, man, you got to bring them in sometimes. <laughs> you got to go big. Got to go big. Mark, you know, people have been listening so far. They're probably pretty disappointed. You know, they figure since we've got a podcast, we must know everything about hunting and successful all the time, but they're finding out that that's just not true. Except when you, that's why we brought you on. You're the killer around here. Like explain, you know, how your weekend went. So my weekend started going up to our place on Friday night and, uh, we didn't hunt Friday. Um, Saturday got out super early. We had a South wind, which is a little tough on our property. I got basically a spot that I've been trying to get into for three weeks now, ever since, uh, the neighbors, well, they live a mile away, but they track the deer onto our property. Uh, yeah. and found, found basically like this hub in the middle of this creek bed with a draw coming into it. It was just lit up with buck sign, like unlike anything I've ever seen before. And uh, I've just been unfortunate in that every time I've been up there to hunt, uh, the wind hasn't worked. Um, I needed like a pretty decent west northwest wind. Yep. Um, it's down in this, again, this drainage, there's like a 20 foot cliff on the backside of it. So the wind just swirls really bad in there. Yeah. And, and, uh, I couldn't make it happen. There's essentially one buck that I've had on camera so far, not so far this season, late in the season that I was like, all right, if he walks by, I'm shooting him. Everything else has been two and a half year old basket rack, that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, Mm -hmm. So I sat this spot a week ago. Um, I saw him in the morning. Uh, he was basically walking perpendicular to me. I gave him the old one, two grunt, stopped him. He's 
stayed there for a bit, just staring in my direction. I hit him again and literally started marching in right at me. <laughs> um, he stopped on the opposite side of the creek of me and just stood there and watched. And it was just one of those, like, who's going to make <laughs> the move first, you know? Um, and I don't know if the wind swirled or what, but he did one big blow, turned, and darted. Um, I hate that. Hate it. Uh, so I went back. This is, again, a uh, week and a half ago now. Went, went back, regrouped, went back in there that night and basically went in the direction that he headed, which was towards kind of this Haymarsh area. Yep. Set up again, and I watched him get up and march around the south side of that Haymarsh, um, but he was at probably 75 yards. So, so just, just stopping you there, you, so you yep. you saw him take off and your thought was, which I like, I like this, this approach. It's like he went that way. My next setup, I'm, I'm just following him. I'm going where that deer went and setting up. Yeah, where I it was see late him. in the morning. It was, it was probably 1030. I figured he's probably bedding down for the day. You know, it was earlier in the rut at that point. Yep. Um, I just figured I head in that direction and hopefully he either is bedded down and gets back up or he's just going to keep cruising. Obviously, he knew something was off where right. I was earlier. So that was the first uh, time I'd seen that buck on hoof. Yeah. Uh, it was a week, a week and a half ago. And then um, went out actually almost to the exact same spot that I got busted in, hoping, hey, it's a week and a half later. I've got trail camera pictures of him crossing this creek right here. Again, it was a south wind. Um, and I got skunked. I saw absolutely nothing Saturday morning and was, was, wouldn't say I'm, I was frustrated by it, but just kind of like, man, I, I boogered it up in here. Yep. I would have thought every time I'd sat on that North side of the property, I'd at least seen does coming back to bed. Yeah. Um, seen a, you know, a younger buck or two cruising. So, uh, I kind of threw in the towel for the day and, my four-year-old son said he wanted to hunt. So the two of us went and sat in one of the, actually it was a tent blind um, towards the front of the property. And it was typical uh, three hour sit with a four-year-old, lots of chit chat, tons of snacks. We saw one spike buck. Um, That's what it's like hunting with Jared. Snacks, chit chat, yeah. hunting in a tent blind. And spike bucks? Spike bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's how I ended the early archery season. The next day was Sunday, the rifle opener. And after much debate, uh, we actually sat the sidelines. Uh, my dad and I were the only two hunting on the property. And we woke up to 50 mile an hour gusts and literally like pouring rain. Yep. Side. And yep. looked at the forecast for the day. We're like, hey, it's private land. If we don't pressure it, Hopefully it will be opening day again tomorrow. Nice. You know? yep. and, and if anything, I, I have to assume some of the neighbors are a little less careless when it comes to wind and scent control. And, you know, there's just some old farms that, you know, the whole family comes out and hunts that kind of thing. I'm yep. like, if anything, we're gonna, and the wind was in our favor as well. Um, being a, a West wind uh, later in that day through Monday that we had great access where most of the neighbors that back up to us other side of the section and stuff, they're blowing their wind right into the, the farm. So yep. um, we just sat the sidelines and spent an awesome day hanging out with the family and basically looked at the 16th Monday as our 
opener. And I went through the big internal debate of whether to bring the rifle or the gun. Um, the rifle or the bow? I'm sorry, rifle or the gun, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, which one? I no, always bring my gun out, rifle, if you know yeah. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, in the past, I have historically chosen to bring the bow out. I don't know why. It's just I find it fun sitting in a pinch point or a funnel and, you know. Yeah, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit, kind of thing. That's right. Great book. That's the that's yeah. the trad mantra, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I uh, I asked my four year old son as he was going to bed. I said, "Should Dad bring out the bow or the rifle tomorrow?" And he goes, "Dad, it's gun season. Bring a gun." And I was like, <laughs> "All right, gun. You got it, buddy." So yeah, I I haven't shot a buck. I mean, I've taken my my gun out, you know, late antlerless season and stuff on private and shot does and that kind of thing. Yep. Um, just to get some venison in the freezer, kind of the old backup plan. Yep. But I haven't, I haven't hunted with a rifle on opening day in quite some time. I think the last time I shot a buck with a gun, I was maybe 16. Nice. So, something like that. So, but keeping it real, you know, the, the archer in me, I uh, brought the saddle out nice. and uh, we had, a decent west wind which is what i needed to hunt that uh river bottom to have that draw coming in all the buck sign that i had found a few weeks earlier and that 20 foot cliff that uh, is on the would be the southeast side of that creek ended up being the perfect elevated platform for me there's a couple hemlock trees that kind of hung out over the side and i literally just tethered in and i had a perfect 20 foot high elevated shooting position looking over all this this bedding and this draw coming in and it was kind of one of those like you're taking a pretty good guess in the dark i hadn't really anticipated being there with a rifle in hand on opening day but that's just where i felt like i needed to be and once the enough light was was out that i could kind of see where i was it was like all right i've got a shot pretty much straight down the creek to my north and then to the west there's a drainage that comes in i had one small window um looking up that and it was probably five minutes after legal shooting light and I had five does come tearing in from that drainage Um, I could tell they were obviously being pressured kind of disappeared for a minute and then I could see them down in the creek bottom kind of this bedding area Mm -hmm. um, just every direction it was like tails and ears bounding left right you know coming coming closer going further away and uh my dad was sitting on the opposite side, um, a ways north of me on that, that creek bottom. And he's like, I'm seeing and hearing chasing going on down there, um, you know, via text. And I honestly, I didn't even look at my phone because I knew exactly what the text said. Um, you know, there's, there's clearly a buck in there and it was rifle up against the tree. Just every time I saw a white flash down in the bedding, trying to figure out where, which one was the buck and, where he was heading it was about 10 15 minutes of that and then all five of the does squirted out exactly where they came in at that one shooting lane or one uh, window that i had and i just basically kept my rifle pinned on that lane but had my eyes above the scope just trying to see when he was coming and finally could see the antlers coming through the the thick stuff and uh, it was like literally first glance, I was like, boom, that's the buck that yep. got on camera. <laughs> that's that's the one that I saw on hoof last weekend. And he's got to be 
following these does. So the does busted out of there and I could just see him marching in the exact same direction that they ran, pulled up the, the got my eye in the scope um, in that window. And literally he stepped in and like, he was moving, like marching pretty, pretty hard yeah. and stopped right in that window and lifted his nose and started working a licking branch <laughs> and scraping. And it was like, just this surreal, like, I don't know, moment of like calm Zen. I don't know. It was like all, all this like anticipation, anxiety, like trying to track this deer down and this thick stuff, low light. Um, and then all of a sudden he's just like frozen, perfect silhouette on this ridge, perfectly framed by these hemlock trees and, and brush. And, uh, he started working the scrape for a minute and, uh, I just lined it up and slow squeezed. Um, and literally once the, the, uh, muzzle cleared and um, I could see through the scope again. He was belly up. Right there, huh? He you rolled him over. Oh yeah, he didn't he didn't move. Wow. Yep. You love what were you shooting? See, yeah. What were you shooting? Uh Remington three oh eight. Okay. Just a bolt action. Yes. Yep. I hit him hit him tight on the front shoulder and just a little high. Yep. That'll that'll uh they call that anchoring him when you hit him there. Right? Yep. 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 So, yeah, he went went down hard, and I mean, walked walked right to him, and confirmed you, it was the deer deer I thought it was. Have you eaten any part of this deer yet? We had the heart last night. Yes, that was what I was hoping you would say. Nice. Yep, that's that's kind of become family tradition. On the uh, day after a kill, we cook up the heart. How do they like the heart? Um, we did it a little different. Uh, this time we've done like some marinades and stuff before and we just did it with uh some onions uh alongside some uh farro uh grains and um uh squash okay yeah it's a decent fall yeah. meal right there yeah mm -hmm. yep yeah it was really good so yeah and i didn't mention as well there was also a dusting of snow on the ground which i don't know if you guys nope had did you nope, nope. okay Oh no! Actually, it was up there. It was up there the next day. It was snow on the ground the, the next, next day. day, Jared. Yep. You hate yep. to see that when you you hate mm -hmm. to miss out on that. Well, I know. Which you could just—I mean, even in the low light, early in the morning, it was like so easy to pin movement. Yeah. Just those little little glimmers where you're like, "Oh, deer, deer over there, over here." Yep. Um, where I know if that snow hadn't been on the ground, it would have been a whole lot harder to determine where they were moving. Yeah. Well, how he was what eight point nine nine pointer what was he uh eight yep he was just your standard three and a half year old eight point i'm guessing probably a 120 inch buck something like that um yep. nice like 18 inch spread on him um just your standard michigan eight point if i could shoot those every year i'd be a happy man oh me too beautiful deer <laughs> tons of meat beautiful rack like he's a nice he's a nice buck yeah perfect perfectly symmetrical um yeah, I was actually actually uh, uh, taking some photos um, kind of in our, we call it the base camp area at the property. And the neighbor who's a taxidermist pulls up and he's like, you're not going to, you're going to mount that deer, right? And I was like, I'm not going to mount him. Like probably do a Euro or whatever, you know, he's like, nope, not letting it happen. <laughs> he's like, that's, that's the first deer. And this guy, this taxidermist had actually leased the property that we now own 
uh, historically. Oh. Um, so he's got a ton of history out there. And he's like, this family, or this property is going to be in your family for a long time. And that's your first deer off of it. And it's a stud of a buck. He's like, we need to mount it. So um, I don't know if he cut me a deal or not, but gave me a pretty good price. And he caped the whole thing out and he's going to do a shoulder mount for me. That is sweet. That's cool. That's cool. So now are you going to get be one of those that the grandkids can go. Yep. That, you know, that was the first buck that Papa shot off this property. Back in crazy year of 2020. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. The COVID exactly. buck. Yeah. The you COVID know, buck. are you going to get him mounted? Like, you know how some people have them mounted where they're like pulling the arrow out of their own self, like in the mount or they're like in a backpack <laughs> or like a crazy, or is it just your traditional, you know, the, you know what I'm talking about where the deer is like reaching back and trying to pull the arrow out of himself. Have you seen this? I have, I have this, this guy actually, Ridiculous. our neighbor has had uh, one of his mounts published in a few magazines um, where he did. It's a, uh, like early 1900s frame pack where it's caped out and yeah, yep. uh yeah yep. i've seen that yeah it may have been may have been his so um he did a super cool one like that but no i'm doing a just a semi sneak head slightly to the left yep the classic yep i like mine to the right do you to the right is that what you're, we're looking yeah. at jared's right there must be nice yeah. totally. i do like the uh the half, what are they? The half chase. The they're half like seat. this. They're like, yeah, yeah. They're half down just a little bit. That's, that's exactly exactly what I'm doing because that's right. what it looked like when he was walking into my sight window. Yep. Um, the other thing that's kind of cool about him, which I should have taken a better photo of, is uh, one of his ears is pretty sliced from uh, a fight. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, pretty good tear. I can see the appeal of the. Um, of the uh, what regular mount, whatever you call it, like shoulder it, mount. Yeah, the shoulder mount. That's what I was looking for. I, I'm a, I mean, traditionally, I'm a freedom mount guy, mm. aka the Euro mount. But I'm, we're gonna call it a freedom mount because we're Americans, you know. Um, but I do like a good. I mean, just a quality like yours, Jared, is is so nice. Just a nice, uh, just a nice shoulder mount. Well, guys, um, I I don't know. You guys have anything to add for the weekend? This is the recap, but I wanted to share, and we're gonna. When this goes live, we'll share your uh, buck pictures, Mark, and we'll we'll tie it all together. But um, anything else? Any? I want to know what's next for you guys. What's what's the next move, James? You said week and a half or two, you're gonna head back up and try and make a move on that buck. Yeah, I'm gonna go back there in a week and a half. My big move now um, is is chasing this buck that that's given me the slip twice. Uh, funnily, uh, funny enough, uh, yesterday I got a message. On, we got a message on the on the Boga page from my neighbor, uh, who her husband had apparently listen, been listening to our podcast, following us. And they all of a sudden realized that we actually are neighbors. They didn't know. Um, and she had said she saw the buck too, uh, go through her woods. And so she's going to message me anytime she sees him out there. <laughs> so, I mean, right now, give you a heads up. Yeah, exactly. Right, right now I am, uh, solely focused on, getting that buck until i go back up north and then i'll you know go probably hunt the one jared and i found um jared really saw i just yep. was kind of i probably am the one that kicked him up so i'll give most of the credit to, to finding him to jared I w it's funny because jared if you would not have said anything i would have i've been laughing about this i would have no idea that that buck was there i would have been walking around thinking well it looked like a good spot but dang it there weren't any deer there you know they it was like a horse had gotten up totally he was loud good. he's 
big body. Like he was, he was a mature buck. Yeah, that's sweet. So that's that's uh, my plan. Um, what about you, Jared? What's your plan? Um, I might take it easy here for a little bit. Now it's gun season. I might actually head out with the like a shotgun to some some local properties around the area that I went to for well, like during archery season. But it's kind of nice to take a break and just spend some family time with the kiddos. Yeah, and the wife would appreciate a break. So are might do- do that. But. Are does in play for you now, Jared? One hundred percent. Those are in play. Those are in play for me as well at this point. Uh, yep. I'm going after the buck, but man, if I get that that trad range doe in, I'm taking a swing. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard I got a doe earlier in the year, so I do have some some meat in the freezer, as they say. Yeah. But I'm always down for more. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mark? What's your plan? Yeah, I'm going to kind of lay low probably for a little bit here. Um, I might head up. I've got that uh, public by permission or permit. Um, oh, yeah, that spot. North, north of here that I'm hoping everything around it's really heavily gun pressured and that all the deer are just laying on that property because it's bow only and it's 500 acres. Yep. How long do you get access to that? The end of the season. Oh, wow. You love that. Ours was only like two weeks when we got drawn for a um... – yeah, that was uh, that was Ottawa County, different yeah. county, separate county. Yep. yep. So this one's season long, and there's only uh, I think uh, ten or twelve other guys, something like that, that are that have permits to it. I've been up there twice now, and I haven't seen any sign of any other hunters whatsoever, boots in the beautiful. mud or, mm. or anything. So Jared and I had checked that spot out years ago. Yeah, it's a cool spot, man. Like I said, when I when I did that little uh, still hunt mission. Um, during those high winds a couple weeks ago, I came across the decent buck and nine does. So there's nine does down in there. Yeah. Got to be bucks cruising it. So speaking of bucks, I this morning I'm sitting in my deer stand daydreaming and running through hypotheticals. You know, you, you're like, well, what if this happens? You know, I texted this to Jared earlier. So say you're sitting there, say you get two buck tags. So Mark, you weren't successful, right? You're sitting out there. And these two monster bucks, because you normally have to be monster bucks for this to happen, but two monster bucks get locked in battle. Their horns get stuck right in front of you. Um, do you shoot, or do you get down and saw them loose? And if you do shoot, do you shoot them both, tag out, one hunt? Be a heck of a story. It would be a heck of a story, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 like said, I said I'm tagging out. You're tagging I, out. I, th- I think I would have to agree. I'd like to say that I'd be the – ethical hunter and unlock the two of these bucks and send them on their way. But I don't know, man. Why would you, uh, well, I mean, I, and that's, that's a good point. What, what about that makes it ethical? Is it because that it's not a fair chase? I don't know. No, that's, that's why I ask. I was wondering this too. Like, is it fair or not? I mean, is it any different than them chasing does around in the rut? Right. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I've never, I hope I'm not presented because I don't know what I would do. I think I would shoot him. I think I would shoot him. Add a slight twist. What if you only have one tag? One tag. I'm shooting the big boy. Then what are you doing? Then, then, unlocking him? then I'm. I'm get, You know what? <laughs> I'll, that's, the other one free. I'm shooting the big one, and I'm saying that's later James's problem to figure out. You know, I, I like to live in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> or, or he'll call up me and be like, Jared, Jared go unlock yeah. them. Come here, a sec. Or no, I'm up I'll, to a tree and bring Jared back. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, no, I'm I'm leaving him there. I'm calling Jared and be like, "Hey, man, I know you haven't filled your tag yet, so uh, get get on down here, free buck." So second second hypothetical then, say you see in front of you a buck 
he finds that hot doe, and he's starting to do uh, make, making a little love, if you will, out in the woods. Uh, do you shoot him on top of the doe? No, nope. I, I don't think I could on top of a doe. I couldn't either. You gotta let him finish. Nope. That's, yeah, no. <laughs> that's a sacred moment. That is yeah, like let that's him get, a, let him get his last hurrah. That's uh, that's five seconds that he'll never get back. You know. Yeah, I think I could I could agree. I, I don't. I think I'd let him. I let him do his thing. You know, he worked real hard for it. So. I think that's the sport. That's the sporting way to do it. But so, anyways, I, I'm sitting out there this morning. That's what I'm thinking, and, and I feel like we've all landed in the same spot. Although Jared, you and Mark, different to shoot, and I, I think I would shoot him, but. Uh, again, I've not pre- been presented with it. The reason I ask is last year, semi near to my house, these two monster bucks, they're in the paper that they had got locked in combat and a hunter sawed them loose, right? It was a, a news story and everything else. Uh, but they were, I mean, they had a video of it. They're huge. Uh, and I'm like, man, good for that hunter. I mean, you know, that's, that takes some restraint to do something like that. And I don't know, I don't know if I've got it in me. I'm, I like to kill and eat things, but. That's what separates the men from the boys, Jimmy. That's that must be. Um, all right, well, let's let's conclude there. Um, you guys, any other final concluding thoughts before we uh, send this podcast off into podcast land? I'm excited for the late season, man. I want some snow on the ground and some blistering cold temps, and yeah, I'm with you. Be able to see that mm-hmm. really fresh sign, and I don't know, maybe get out and try and track a few. Yep. Oh, I love to do that. Yeah, let's let's uh, do this again in a couple weeks um, and rehash late season because you know, I, I, like you said, tracking deer is something that not everybody does, uh, but it is one of the more fun things you can do hunting for sure. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we'll uh, talk to you soon. Been a pleasure. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast guys like what you hear and want to follow along on what we're currently up to hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on and follow us on instagram at boga hunting join us next week and we'll see you then